Hello again, and welcome to Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Celia Landman, but most people just call me Landy. First of all, today we are just going to mention about the Queen Elizabeth who passed away, and two days ago it was her funeral. And uh, something interesting is that uh, first of all we were sad with the whole world, just as everybody was sad, we were also sad here in Taiwan. And then I was wondering what's going to happen, because as you know. Just about every leader in the world was invited to come to the funeral, and I was very curious if Taiwan would be invited. So I, I watched it very closely, and it turned out that a few countries were actually not invited, and those countries were Russia, Belarus, and Myanmar. They were not invited because of the war in Ukraine, and also Myanmar because the military had another coup and kicked out the democratically elected government of Aung San Suu Kyi. So they were not invited, and then Syria and Venezuela don't have official diplomatic relations with Britain, so they were not invited, and Afghanistan also was not invited because since they took over the Taliban, they've been treating the women very badly, and I think Britain is kind of sending them a message. And then North Korea and Nicaragua, they kind of were invited, but they are not allowed to send their presidents; they can only send their Ambassador, so to speak, the the head of the mission in in London. So some people were not invited at all. Some people can send somebody, but not the president. And the Taiwan, I suppose, will have to put in the bracket of Britain doesn't have official diplomatic relations with Taiwan, so they didn't invite our president. But one good thing did happen, and that is that Taiwan de facto ambassador, who is head of the Taiwan office in London. He does the work of an ambassador, but he's not called an ambassador. We explained this to you many times. The thing about official diplomatic relations, right? But let's just call him the ambassador. The Taiwan ambassador in London. He was invited to sign the book of condolences. So that was very special. They said because、uh, Britain has such a good re- relationship with Taiwan, although not diplomatic, that、uh, they invited the ambassador to come and sign the book to show that they are not angry with Taiwan. It's just the way that things work, so that's why the Taiwan president was not invited. All right, so so that is the reason why, and、um, it was、uh, a news event that touched the whole world. And、uh, we wish、uh, King Charles the Third all the best,、uh, taking over from his mother. All right, so that's the story about the Queen and Taiwan, who did not attend the funeral two days ago. Then a few weeks ago. You might remember I mentioned that、um, we haven't had any real typhoons in Taiwan for two or three years, right? And then just after I mentioned that, the next week there was actually a typhoon that skirted the south and brought some rain, and then a week later another one that skirted the north and brought some rain. Actually, brought a lot of rain. And the great thing about those two typhoons is that they didn't hit Taiwan directly; they were just like. In the sea, but we got the outer edge of the clouds, and we had a lot of rain. But fortunately, the farmers' crops were not destroyed. So the, like I said last time, the two good things: it broke the drought and it broke the heat. And I must say, after that second one, the weather actually is a little bit cooler. Usually, August and September are both still pretty hot months of the year. But I must say, since that second typhoon, the weather is is almost bearable. Although we know that it's not going to be cool for a while, but at least it's not boiling, right? So that's what happened with the typhoons. Now, many many episodes ago, I actually devoted a whole episode talking to you about earthquakes and typhoons, especially people who 
who don't live in areas where those things happen might find it interesting, right? So what happened just this last weekend, there was another big earthquake. What happened is Saturday night, the first big one struck. It was in the east side of the country, the southeast there on the, on the east coast. And it was 6.9 on the Richter scale. And then that was Saturday, right? And then for that one was okay for me personally because I was outside at a barbecue or a braai, as we say in South Africa. And uh, we felt some shaking, but you know, if you are not in a building, then it's okay. But then the next day, I believe it was a quarter to three in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, another, actually a bigger one happened. Now this one was in the same area, there on the East Coast, and it was almost seven on the Richter scale, and it toppled uh, some buildings, it broke some bridges, it uh, flipped over a train, and it was, a, it was nasty. And I believe one person passed away and a few people were injured. And for that one, that one had me scared because I was busy playing on my computer, some game, and this thing just wouldn't stop. First, I just sat there and I said to the earthquake, that's it, that's enough now, thank you, thank you, you can go now. But it just wouldn't go. Every time a, a new a jolt would, would shake me. So finally, I turned off the computer and I was getting ready to run. And then, and I was basically just holding my TV so my TV won't topple over. But then it slowly subsided. But it is not a nice feeling. And since then, we've had aftershock after aftershock. But slowly but surely, they are getting a little bit uh, weaker as go with aftershocks. They actually say that that the one Saturday night was actually a build-up to the big one on, on Sunday afternoon. So that was not pleasant. And that reminded me of the big earthquake we had. And I have mentioned to you this before to you which was on uh, the 21st of September, 1999. So just about 23 years ago now. This one happened as earthquakes often do in the middle of the night. That one was over seven on the Richter scale. It hit in the southern part of Taiwan, but it was so strong that it was felt everywhere. And um, now you might now wonder the strength of these earthquakes that they measure on the Richter scale. For example, here you have four, and you think, oh, four is, uh, sounds okay. And six is only a little more than four. So six should also be okay. But it's not. It goes up. From four, you're going to be scared, but probably nothing is going to fall over in your house. But if you just go up one to five, it becomes scary. And then if you go up one more to six, it's, it's very scary. And things will float around and, and windows will rattle. And then when you get to seven, buildings will fall over. Now, that one was over seven. Even up here in Taipei, it was severe. At that time, I lived on what they call a rooftop. Now, many old buildings in Taiwan, they build the building, say four floors or five floors high, and then on top they put an illegal building, which is called like a rooftop. It's, it's usually like, it almost looks like a temporary building. right? But my rooftop was not illegal. It was a new building, and this little rooftop, a uh, little apartment, it's actually just a little studio apartment, just one room and a bathroom. It was built with the building, so it was legal, it was in the design. So I lived there. It was uh, The building was seven floors high, so I was on the eighth floor. So there I was. It was like, uh, I think it was already uh, after 12, maybe 1 a.m. And I, I was lying in bed watching TV, and then I heard a rumble. It was a rumble that, that came through like a, like almost like a, a thunder. It was, it was something was rumbling. And the next moment, the building started to shake. And then 
the lights went out. And it's interesting how quickly the building shook and then the lights went out. And in that one second, I realized that this is a big one. I realized this is a big earthquake because it knocked out our power. The very interesting thing is that for about three seconds, my TV continued to play. The lights were out, but the TV was still on. Anyway, then the TV was off and now things were shaking violently. So I ran out. So as you can imagine, when I step out of my door, I'm on the roof. There's a big open space, the roof. So I'm on the roof now and I'm standing there, but I cannot stand still, but because the, the shaking of the building throws me from side to side. And I realize now I want to run out. I want to run downstairs. And, but I realize I'm only wearing my sleeping shorts, which is basically underwear. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, should I run back and get some clothes and shoes or not? And I remember I stood there and I said, oh no, oh no, but I use stronger language than that, okay? So uh, then I just ran down. I ran down seven floors of stairs in like no time. And I was actually very lucky because many of the people in that building illegally, they put bicycles and uh, boxes and stuff on the stairwell. And these bicycles, of course, fell over. And it was, remember, it's pitch black, right? It's pitch dark. I cannot see anything. I'm holding onto the hand railing, jumping down these floors. And I could have easily stepped on a, a overturned bicycle and hurt my ankle. But luckily, I got to the bottom and I stormed out into the street. And the street is actually not a very big street. It's just a little bigger than an alley. And I thought to myself, this is also not really safe because things can still fall on you. There's no way, there's no park to run. You're just standing in the middle of the street. And at that moment, suddenly I felt a little dizzy again. At that time, I didn't know it, but that was the first big aftershock, which was almost as big as the, as the real earthquake. And I thought I was dizzy, but it's actually the earth was moving again. So now I'm outside, it's 1 a.m. I'm in my underwear with no shoes. And luckily there are also other people in, in the alley. Now we stand around there. And now I'm too scared to go back because I'm scared something bigger will come. And from one to five, I walked up and down my little street in my underwear with no shoes. And at five o'clock, I decided, okay, it's getting a little chilly now, even though it's still summer. Uh, uh, one more thing, before I realized there was an earthquake, when the power went out, I thought, oh no, no air conditioner. I'll sleep on the roof where it's a little cooler. But okay, <laughs> that was that was in few many hours before that. So at five o'clock, I said, okay, I must go back. The funny thing is now I go up the stairs, but I go up the stairs like a thief, as if I'm afraid I will wake up the earthquake. I go up very quietly. <laughs> I get to the top and I, I lie down on my bed because now I'm pretty tired. But there was no sleep that night because like non-stop little aftershakes. Every time you think you'll just sleep a little bit, the place shakes again and it wakes you up again. And it's really, really not nice. And uh, I believe I had a telephone, a landline. And at about six or seven, my friend Stephen called me and I said, uh, where are you? He says, he, I think in those days, I don't know how he managed to call me if he had a old-fashioned cell phone or what because in those days cell phones were not common or maybe he just jumped out and called me from a payphone. I don't know he said are you okay he said yes he said and you he said yes the whole family he had two daughters and his wife and they were all sitting in the car so when the earthquake hit they ran out jumped in the car and drove somewhere where there were no high buildings and they've been sitting in the car since one so uh, I was at least back in my room and then okay then we survived of course the next day there was no work because everything is destroyed. Actually, just two buildings down from my apartment building, which was luckily new, there was a supermarket. And that collapsed. And it was destroyed eventually because it was unsafe. Now, my whole life, 
I've been very lucky, right? I, I've won competitions, I've gone around the world, and wherever I go, there's always something good will happen to me, something lucky. I came to Taiwan, within two days I had a job, and so on and so forth. So now, I don't know why, but my mother didn't have my telephone number for my house, but she only had it for the language school where I worked. But that language school, the whole telephone system needed power, and there was no power in the country. So my mother kept calling that number once she heard the news. She kept calling and calling and calling, and it just, it just, uh, there's no answer or this engaged, right? So she said to my brother, yeah, I think finally his luck has run out. <laughs> but it was not true. And I'm also actually not sure why I didn't call them and tell them I'm okay. Maybe I was a little bit shocked. So that was the very unpleasant experience of the big earthquake. And I really hope that I won't have to experience that again. Now, uh, very often when I talk to my students in class, now though my students are so young, many of them were not born when that earthquake hit. But the, the slightly older ones, the ones who were, were maybe just finished university now, they, they might remember a little bit. And the funny thing is that <laughs> I would say about 80% of my students say they didn't wake up. So I had this terrible experience of running down walking around my street half naked and then 80% of my students did not even wake up when the earthquake hit. They, or they woke up a little bit, they felt something moving and they went straight back to sleep. Which proves my point again that Taiwan people are sleeping machines. They can sleep right through any nasty earthquake. Alright, so let's hope that uh, it doesn't happen again and wherever you are in the world, I hope there are no earthquakes. If there is an earthquake, a big one, I hope you survive because it's it's not a nice experience. Anyway, again, my brother said I must share the story with you. He uh, has all these ideas of things that uh, he always says when something bad happens, like maybe you you are somewhere on a journey, you are maybe traveling in Europe and you lose your wallet or you lose your passport or things go wrong. He always says it's not nice now, but in the future, this will make a nice story. So I suppose this earthquake it was not nice at the time, but when you tell the story, when you share it with some people, it's like kind of like a relief because you know the story is going to have a good ending. All right, so that's the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and until next time, goodbye.